Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Good morning, City of Refuge. For those of you I haven't met yet, my name is Anna Lee. I'm the daughter of Zhang Zhaoping and Li Wei. They immigrated here um, to Houston, Texas from Guangxi, which is in South China. And I was born and raised here in Houston. Houston is on the lands of the Kronkoa Kadla, the Sana, the Atakapa, Ishak, Carrizo, and Kualtikan peoples. I share all of that as part of my introduction because I believe it is important to know who and where we came from, where we are now, and the original peoples of the land that we're on. I learned to introduce myself in this way from our indigenous family in Christ who have taught me so much. I actually just came back from an indigenous-led justice program in Hawaii with InterVarsity called Ho'oleipono, which means to listen rightly, justly, and intently. It's the same phrasing used for the winds and the waves when Jesus spoke to them to be calm. Um, the Hawaiian Bible says that they ho'oleipono to Jesus. So in those and other native spaces I've been in, when someone introduces themselves, they often include some of their genealogy, for example, parents or grandparents, as well as the name of the lands that they're on and the, where they were raised. If you want to ask me more about this, please feel free to afterwards. I'm happy to share what I know, and I'm also continuing to learn. Um, if I can invite you to pray with me, you bow your heads. Lord God, creator of all things, we worship you. Please give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you have for us to receive this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we've come to the end of our series on calling. I get to wrap up another series. And though we may not have touched on every aspect of calling, we have talked about several. So, a really quick recap. Calling to salvation, to identity in Christ, to marriage or singleness, to working and cultivating, to serving and spiritual giftedness, talking about times of struggling with calling and discerning calling. If you missed any or want to hear them again, they're always available on the YouTube channel of this church, City Refuge. And today we close with, you see it, serving in places of calling. You might be thinking, what does that mean? <clears throat> That's a great question. I feel similar to when I preached about discerning calling, actually, that I won't be able to touch on every aspect or interpretation of serving in our places of calling, but I'll do my best to talk about a few. I want to start us off by looking at Psalm 67. It'll be on the slide. If you want to pull it up in your Bible, you can. I'm also going to read it out loud. <clears throat> oh, it's very tiny. My bad. <laughs> Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Amen. Wow. What a beautiful call. Church, that is our call. 
that God blesses us, not just for our own sake, but so that his way will be known on earth and his saving power among all nations. So that all peoples will praise him and all the nations will sing for joy and of his justice and righteousness. And even so the earth will yield its harvests. Amen. When we think about serving and our literal places of calling, I believe that God is talking about both the actual place and land that we're on, as well as the people we're connected to. Not just the where, but also the who. Where are the places that God has placed us, that he's placed you? And who are the people God has connected us with in this season and in what context? God is an intentional God. He created us and placed us specifically in this point in history and in our particular homes, our neighborhoods and communities, our workplaces and schools, even in our recreational spaces. God is also a relational God. He made us to be in community with himself and each other. And he himself is in perfect community through the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Psalm 67 talks multiple times about the peoples and the nations praising him. And a lot of relationships in life can be seasonal, coming and going at some point. And God is calling us to specific people around us right now, both those who are Christian and those who are not Christian. The invitation and command is to be intentional and to be relational, just as God is intentional and relational. <clears throat> we see that Jesus was intentional with every place he spent time in and every interaction that we see recorded in the accounts of his life. You might be asking, who are the people around me? Who is my who? It's not very complicated. It is literally the people around you. Um, and some ideas, if you're not really sure, sometimes I don't think we stop and think about who we're connected to. We sometimes do this exercise with students. I work with college students. It's called a network map. You like your name, different spheres of influence, and then people in those spheres. But this is just some ideas of people you're connected to if you don't do one of those. So family members, so parents and siblings, spouses and children, extended family, <coughs> friends, church folks, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, students, people you see regularly through hobbies or other routines in your life. And I'm sure there are other circles and people that I'm not naming that you can think of. And it might go without saying, but I'll say it, the who and the where are intertwined. You often see these people in the places you spend time, at home, in your neighborhood, on your street, at work or school, in places you spend time doing hobbies, and even online spaces. There's a lot of those these days. Jesus has called us to be around these people and in their lives for either a season or our whole lives. And there's a reason for that. You are connected to these people in ways specific to you. And we're connected, again, to those who are following Jesus and those who are not following him. Both are really important. I think sometimes, in my experience, at least, I don't know if it's like a living in the South thing or in church spaces, I think there's a lot of emphasis on 
building up relationships with Christians um, and not really talking about non-Christian friendships or treating them like projects. I just want to speak against that. Um, yeah, those relationships are just as important and beautiful. And I encourage you, if you don't really have a lot of non-Christian friends, to make some. We are called to build up those in the body of Christ in unity and love and truth. We are also called to be vessels of the love of Jesus, a love that we know is unlike anything this world has to offer to those who don't know Jesus yet. Let us not neglect one or the other. Our homes, our neighborhoods, our cities, our world, all need both of those so much, now as much as ever. I believe that the peoples praising God in Psalm 67 are both those who are already praising God right now, as well as those who have yet to hear about Jesus so that they can praise him too. God also calls us to people that we're not connected to yet. I know I'm emphasizing the people and places that God has already connected us to and placed us in our lives because that is important and I think it's crucial that we don't miss that. But he also calls us to people and places too that we're not connected to yet. People groups and nations, neighborhoods and other cities, maybe even just a coffee shop or other small business that you pass by often have never been to. People and places that we may learn about through different means or that he places on our hearts, both in our current places or somewhere else. And even as we think about that, I invite us to think about where our church, City of Refuge, is, like physically, <laughs> in the general third ward area of Houston, connected to this peoples and this community, these buildings, these streets, these businesses, and these homes. How are we, individually and as a church community, being intentional to serve in our place of calling, this specific place and these peoples in this part of the city of Houston? How can we be more connected? How can we, who have each received a gift, use it to serve one another and others around us as good stewards of God's varied grace? Hopefully someone recognizes that. That's from that. <laughs> and I'm not just asking this question rhetorically or abstractly. We as a church body need to serve tangibly this community that we're in proximity to. If you have questions or ideas or other thoughts, I will volunteer Brandon and the elders and deacons um, just to think about that more. I know we talk about that a lot and it's always something we're growing in, but it is something we need to keep growing in, myself too. <clears throat> Church, are we willing to let our hearts be broken, to put in the effort it takes to build real relationships, both with the people God has already put in our lives, as well as with those he has not connected us to yet. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. As we talk about serving in our places of calling, I also want to talk a little bit about our posture towards places of calling, both literal and figurative. This is a little more like big picture. It seems that we can often be 
One, ignoring God's call out of comfort, complacency, fear, even unawareness. On the other hand, sometimes we can keep searching without paying attention or being content with where we are right now, even if it's hard. Maybe we're always looking for God's calling, but feel we're never where we should be. Though that can cause us to miss out on what God has for us right now. I would say neither of those are ultimately a helpful posture for serving in our places of calling. How can we receive God's blessing in a way that allows the peoples and nations of the earth to know his saving power, to praise him, and in a way that allows the earth to yield its increase? It's funny. Following Jesus is, feels like a balance of so many things, sometimes even things that seem paradoxical. So when I think about a helpful posture to serve in places of calling, I kind of feel like, we need to be ready and open, but also not impatient and faithful to serve where we are right now. I'm like, Lord, help us. That's hard. I think about having your hands open like this, and I invite everyone to do it to physically embody. Put your hands out like this. Ready to receive whatever Jesus puts there, but also okay if he doesn't put anything there right now and being faithful with what he's given us in the meantime. I'll say that again. Ready to receive whatever Jesus puts there, knowing that he helps us to carry it, but also okay if he doesn't put anything there right now and being faithful to what he's given us in the meantime. You can put your hands wherever you want. <laughs> you can leave them there if that's helpful. We need a mindset of being aware paying attention, ready to say yes to Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit anytime, and also patient and faithful. I'm like, does anyone else feel like that's easier said than done? <clears throat> Thankfully, we have Jesus as our example, as with many things. Jesus says multiple times he only does what the Father tells him to do. And how did he know what that was? by staying connected with the Father, by asking him, by listening and following. And honestly, I don't think we get it right the first few times, at least I don't. But there's a lot of grace with God and a lot of multiple chances. When I think about serving in places of calling and just having a posture of being faithful, but also ready to like leave it all, these are just some examples of folks in the Bible who are doing their best to do that being faithful to what God has called them to do. Maybe they didn't know just what they grew up with, what they're told to do, but also when they encounter God or Jesus, being ready to respond and be open in different ways. Sometimes immediately, sometimes not. When I think about Abram and Genesis 12 to 21 and kind of beyond, God promises him that he will be the father of many nations, that Abram and Sarai, his wife, don't have children, and they don't have Isaac, their son, till like years later. You sometimes read, it's like, oh, the next line, like, oh, they had him. And it's like, there was like 25 years that passed or, or longer. Um, that might be older than some people in this room are your whole lifetime. There we see willingness to follow and be faithful, though there aren't immediate results and fulfillment of that promise. I think about Elisha in 1 Kings 19. 
It says that he is just working in the field plowing with 12 yoke of oxen when Elijah comes and throws his cloak on him as a sign to call him to follow. Elisha is being faithful to work hard at his, I think his work, you know, like where he lives his livelihood. And yet we also see that he responds immediately. He sacrifices the oxen and follows Elisha. In Mark 1, a passage that we have read about a lot of heard of when Jesus is calling some of his first disciples, Simon, Andrew, James, John, fishing with each other and with their families, Jesus calls them and they leave their households and their livelihoods to follow him. In Luke 10, I think about when Jesus is telling the parable of the priest, Levi, and Samaritan. In this parable, the Samaritan, it sounds like he's just walking along doing his normal routine or taking a journey he needs to take, not really aware of what's about to happen. And he sees this man who's been beaten up and taken advantage of and he stops to care for him. This is kind of interesting example. It's not really someone's like calling him, but he has compassion. That's what Jesus says and stops. Even if it was an inconvenience to him, I mean, he like, you know, gives the hotel keeper money. He like takes him on his, his animal and his horse, but he still stopped and responded in a more Christ-like way than the religious leaders who had gone before him. One more example for now. Think about in Acts 8, during times of persecution by Saul, Philip, um, one of the yeah, followers of Jesus was preaching in Samaria. After that, an angel tells him to go south on a desert road, on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Probably sounds pretty random. But there, he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot who's reading the book of Isaiah and doesn't understand who it's about. The Holy Spirit tells Philip, I always imagine this, just go up to the chariot and stand there. And then Philip is bold and says, do you know what you're reading about? And the eunuch says, no, I do not. Who's he talking about? Um, and then he gets, they, Philip goes on to share the good news of Jesus with the Ethiopian eunuch, leading him to accept Jesus and even being baptized. And then the Holy Spirit just takes Philip away, and the eunuch is like super happy as he goes home. Maybe going south on that desert road seemed random, but Philip obeyed, and it allowed for someone to receive the good news of Jesus. God is gracious to us and blesses us, that his saving power may be known among the nations, that all the peoples here and afar would praise him and that the earth would yield its increase. One more thing I want to mention, and there's lots of different points, so receive whatever you can. As we consider the people and places we are called to and also our readiness to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading, and that thing is plantedness or rootedness in our relationships. Though it is true that many relationships in our lives are seasonal, those seasons can still last for years, even decades. We live in a world that is only becoming more increasingly transient. Between people moving for work, school, significant others, family, even sometimes out of conflict and difference of opinion, and those things aren't bad, all of them, but being transitory is also counter to having deep relationships and community. I talk about this with um, my housemates who are not here, Matt and Angela, <clears throat> but we often ask like, why do people move? Why do people leave? We were talking about City Refuge specifically. You know, they went here and there for different things. 
And as I've you know, seen people move over the years for different things, they're not bad, but how often have I heard someone move for community? People usually move for jobs, school, significant other are the top three I can think of. But does someone ever say, hey, I know people live here and they gather in this way and I wanna move there? I didn't ask Saul if I could share this, but this is kind of a shout out, so hopefully he will receive it. But he was sharing with me, so kind of a small world moment. The church that hosted like a summer camp through which my sister and I came to know the Lord is a church that Saul and Patty used to go to for a few decades, kind of cool. But Saul was telling me, I was asking them how they found out about that church, and Saul said he read a book about that church and he was living in another city and moved here to be part of that community. He like, I think he and Patty were dating but not married yet, and so they came to, for that. And that's something I hadn't really heard of and I don't hear about very often. You know, people often think, let me move and figure out the community later. And while God can connect us to people, it's hard. If you're maybe new here or have experienced this elsewhere, it's hard to get to meet new people, especially in adult life, especially now with COVID, especially fill in the blank, it's hard. And so just to consider, again, the balance, right? Not to say we can't move or shouldn't move. I've moved and I came back but also considering what does it mean to serve in our places of calling, even when there's opportunities to move to somewhere else. And maybe that's where the Lord has for you, to be in that other community. But just generally, being transient does make it hard to have deep connections. And again, like I mentioned, it's a balance. We wanna be open and ready to follow the Holy Spirit's leading as we just talked about and saw in the Bible, even to faraway peoples and nations, if that's where we are being called to serve. We also want to be planted in community with the people around us where we are for as long as God has us there. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit helps us with that balance, as do scripture, prayer, and community. That is a callback to my previous sermon. <laughs> so in summary, I have a summary slide. If you want to pull it up, Anthony, um, just a couple of points. I'll just read these out loud. God calls us to both the places and land that we're on, as well as the people that we're connected to in this season of our lives, both the where and the who. And when we're paying attention to God's calling and seeking how to serve in our places of calling, it takes open-handedness, right, the open hands, and readiness to follow the Holy Spirit however he leads, whether it means going or staying, moving or waiting. As we close, I just want to invite us to a couple of like application, reflection, thoughts, and questions. Um, and it's on the last slide, I think, if you wanna pull it up. I'm gonna read them, sorry, they're really small. I thought they would not be that small. So the first one, kind of um, in response to the first point, think of the people God has placed and called you to in this season of your life. Again, no circles too big or small, but people that you're connected to. I invite you to think about two people Someone who's following Jesus and someone who's not following Jesus that you can reach out to this week and care for in some way. If they're here, maybe visiting them or sending them a text or email or call, be creative. The second one, to think about your posture towards serving in your current place of calling. Do you maybe lean more towards ignoring 
God's call out of fear, comfort, complacency, unawareness? Maybe do you lean more towards feeling like you're constantly looking for a calling that might cause you to miss what and who God is calling you to right now? And how can you invite Jesus into that process? I would just maybe pick one of those to think about. Don't think about both. Um, Give us a minute or so if you want to take a picture or ask me afterwards for these questions so you can think about them more later. If you want to write down some thoughts on your phone or piece of paper, feel free. And then I'll close this in prayer. God, would you be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear you. Amen.